best thing I think I've learned from hockey is this balance of like taking care of yourself and figuring out what you need to do to keep your mind healthy and keep your heart healthy and everything. And then also just like thinking about yourself less and using this opportunity of like, well, I don't get to choose where I live. I don't even get to choose if I'm nearby my friends. I don't get to choose where I'm working, all these things. I feel like we don't get to have a lot of choices as hockey wives. It seems like from the outside, everyone else gets to make those choices, right? They get to apply for this job. They get to do this. And we don't get to do that. I think that's probably the hardest part of it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if I can't choose that, what I can do is take all these things that I learn and try and just be there for other people. And I feel like I've learned all these great lessons that have helped me be a better sister and a better friend and a better wife, less selfish and more empathetic, I guess, because you go through hard times and it just, it naturally just changes you. It gives you a bigger heart for other people. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players, but since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Another hockey season is in the books for us. And our our season really ended about a month ago. But if you're up to date with the podcast, you know that we had to stick around for a bit because my husband had to get surgery Um, so we are finally, finally heading home today. So if you're listening, it's Wednesday, we are on a flight flying back to North America, pray for my sanity. We're flying from Vienna to Chicago, Chicago to Boise. So I feel like whenever we fly back home, it's always like a shorter The way like, I don't, I'm not good at explaining this. I think the way that the earth is spinning or something, it's always shorter going back home. So it's only a nine hour flight flying back, but then we have a seven hour layover in Chicago. And then we have another like three and a half hour flight to Boise. But luckily my in-laws live in Chicago. That's where my husband's from. So they're going to pick us up from the airport. We're going to go get some deep dish pizza from Luminati's. If you know, you know, you know, I just want to really give myself a solid stomach ache before we get on the second flight. Um, But worth every minute and every bite. I feel like the end of the hockey season for me brings up a lot of thoughts. I don't know if you guys can relate or not, but I'm always wondering, like, I don't know how much I can keep packing and unpacking every year. And we have way too much stuff. And how have we been living like this? Like I've mentioned before, next year is kind of TBD for us. And I know a lot of people are in the same shoes. You know, I feel like probably the majority of people are not always like lucky to have more than a one-year contract. I mean, I guess it's like sometimes common, but I feel like a lot of us are moving around every year. Or maybe if we do resign with the same team, it's not something that happens immediately. So we're not entirely sure. 
And this is actually the first year that we wound up getting a storage unit, which is nice because we could just kind of start loading like a week ago, start getting rid of stuff. Um, and I actually feel like this is the first year we've been really productive with everything that we need, needed to get done. So like, we're not cramming everything last minute. I mean, I'm sure today is going to be busy. I'm recording this a day before we leave, but I don't know. I feel pretty good. I feel like we, it hasn't been as stressful because we've been chipping away at it. Like we already cleaned and returned the car. You know, we already had the cleaner come. And then today, you know, they have to come inspect the house and everything. So, or the apartment. So we're just kind of checking everything off a to-do list. Got to get our COVID test, yada, yada. You know the drill. That kind of feeling of not knowing where we're going next year can be really overwhelming and daunting and it's kind of hard to think about because like for us city-wise, like this was a really, really good spot for us. Like we live in a big city. There's a lot to do. You pretty much have access to everything that you need to access. If I was feeling a little homesick, I would just jet over to Starbucks, get my favorite drink. So we know that we're really lucky and like the odds of us signing somewhere else that has like the same amenities that we've had here is probably slim. So, I mean, we definitely enjoyed our time here in Vienna but yeah, next year is TBD and we'll kind of see what happens in the fall once my husband has rehabbed his injury. So, you know, just throwing that out in the universe. If you are looking for a right D, we're a cool family. <laughs> Sign us. This was also my first year kind of navigating hockey life with a toddler. It was fun. I definitely feel like I was able to enjoy my time with him and make memories with him. And I'm very grateful for this time that we have been able to spend together, just like the two of us, the three of us. Um, but it was also kind of hard because I felt like my family missed a lot of milestones. Like with him, you know, they see him over FaceTime, obviously, but then they weren't able to come out. And I just felt like I couldn't really do as much as I wanted to with a toddler. Like, obviously, you're kind of confined to time and just the way that my parenting style is like, I'm not going to mess that up if it's working for me because I value my sleep so much. And if I don't get a good night's sleep, I am like thrown for days. It was kind of just like a learning lesson for me this year with a toddler. So yeah, it was an interesting year. I definitely had frustrations again with COVID and just kind of that feeling, which is interesting because even though we were in such a great city, I still felt those frustrations. So I feel like that makes me look at the situation as a whole and be like, okay, this isn't actually like where you are. This is affecting everyone. Like you could live in the coolest, best city in Europe or the coolest, best city in North America and still be struggling with just the state of the world and the rules and the confusion and what you can and can't do. And, you know, being let down with certain situations that arise. So yeah, basically I'm just really excited to get home, get back into like our normal routine, get back into our house, catch up with people that I don't get to see, which also comes with the flooding of questions. I think with briefly just going back to not knowing what's happening next year. I remember when we re-signed in Graz a couple years ago, that was so nice because I could actually give people like a definitive answer of like, yeah, we're going back to the same place, like boom, done. But I feel like when you don't know where you're going, it's already like anxiety inducing for us because we don't know where we're going. And so like when we're constantly being asked that by other people, even though they're just like simply asking a question because they're curious and want to like connect and know what's going on with your life, it's like, 
it makes me just be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know, guys. We'll let you know. Like, trust me. I feel like whenever I find out, I like make a PSA. Like I post something on my private Instagram page, like once we're allowed to talk about it. And like, obviously I tell my family, like, even if like an offer comes up or something like that, that we're considering taking. So I'm sure you guys can all relate to that. But anyhow, let's get into the episode today. I love this episode. Abby is an absolute gem of a human. She is so just eloquent with her words. And I just found myself so like just touched by everything that she was sharing. And I feel like you guys are really going to be able to relate. And she is really able to take things that she's gone through in her hockey life and turned it into lessons for herself. She speaks about how it's made her, you know, a better person, a better friend, um, even though it's not always easy. And sometimes people with the on the outside looking in can, you know, really think that, but that's really far from the truth. We also talk about how she was so go, go, go through high school and college and then she really struggled with depression when she was in the hockey life, like that feeling of kind of like a halt with her regular life and that kind of coming to a stop and her, her not really knowing like what she's doing and just having a lot more free time. We also talk about the sense of fulfillment and how this is affected when you're not working, struggling with your confidence. Um, and she is also a musician. They live in Nashville currently. Her husband is signed with the Nashville Predators in the NHL. Um, And she speaks about how she got her foot in the door with her career and what she's doing now and so much more. So you guys are going to love this episode. Share to your story. Let us know what you think today Um, for everyone that's flying home or just going to start that pack and grind. Safe travels. I hope everything goes smoothly. Make sure to check out the Traveling with Kids episode if you haven't already. I feel like I'm rambling on and on and on. But one last thing is that There is going to be one more episode of season two of Breaking the Ice, and that's going to come out next week. I'm going to take a little break, revamp things for season three, and then um, I love to hear your feedback. So if there's any guests, any topics that you want to hear more about, please let me know. You know, my greater purpose is giving you guys content that you want to hear about. So um, please don't be afraid to jump into my DMs. Let me know anything that you want to hear, any feedback you have for me. Um, Anyways, and thank you for listening. You just interviewed Aaron. Aaron was our, Aaron was our coach's wife in college, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was going to say you are my second North Dakota in Dakota. How do you say that? Dakotian, Dakotian, North Dakota. Dakotan that I've had on <laughs> twice in a row. I know that's perfect. I feel like I'm learning that I was just saying to my husband, I'm like, I didn't realize that like North Dakota was like a big like hockey atmosphere community. And that's pretty cool that the college is is so well known for that. It's crazy. It's like an NHL cult following. It's pretty <laughs> special. <laughs> okay. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everyone and just tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Abby Grimaldi. I am a hockey wife and Christian musician from Grand Forks, North Dakota. My husband is Rocco Grimaldi, and he's currently with the Nashville Predators and will be a free agent this summer. And um, I started dating Rocco in 2012. We met um, when I was just starting college at University of North Dakota. 
he was playing college hockey there. And, um, it was my first boyfriend. I was his first girlfriend, very sweet. And then we got married in 2016, right after I graduated and I've been moving around with him ever since. Okay. So you, like many of us just met, met a guy and then all of a sudden you're in for, for a crazy ride. So you're in college, you guys get married after college, and then you kind of get thrown into the hockey world. What was that initially like for you? Were you like, holy heck, what is going on? Or did you just kind of take it as like, just a fun adventure? Both probably. (laughs) Um, So my entire life was a really just standard. My parents were both accountants and I had family nearby. I had a good church atmosphere, a nice public school system, all sorts of activities. And I guess I didn't realize how much of a blessing a normal life can be. And Mm -hmm. it's, I think when you grow up a certain way, you don't know any different. And so you don't realize like what is going on in your life, I guess. Um, But I always dreamt of actually moving away and pursuing music and ministry. I actually kind of thought I was going to marry a pastor, um, but I think it was my destiny (laughs) to move around (laughs) and do things. And I I feel like it was definitely for me. Um, But at the same hand, I feel like I was totally blind to what it was actually going to look like. I don't know if it's because I'm like the baby of the family. So I always kind of followed my older sister's footsteps. I'm very driven, but I'm also very go with the flow. Just kind of like have fun and just laugh about everything. And so I don't know, for whatever reason, I remember before we got married thinking like, oh, it's going to be great. Like we're going to live here. And I honest to God thought that he was probably just going to like be one of those guys that just plays for the same team for like their entire career. (laughs) Like I I don't know. I was just so clueless. And um, yeah, so probably both. I enjoy the adventure and I love how close it makes our marriage. And I appreciate everything that I've learned from it and the different people I've met and all those just kind of the the diverse experiences you have. But at the same time, I had no idea what I was signing up for. Are you type A or type B? Both. I think it depends on the thing. I keep a really clean house. And um, when it comes to music, I'm constantly practicing, recording myself. I have a music degree. So I'm like very trained, very probably similar to the guys in that they all have like their, you know, their regiments and things. Um, but in other ways, I'm very, very type B. Yeah. That's funny that you say that. I feel like I'm the same, like in, in, in different ways. Like sometimes I'm very like, yeah, I don't care, like whatever. And then some ways I'm like need control over certain situations that I don't have control over such as hockey. <laughs> so yeah, I totally related to what you're saying. Cause I actually also had never moved away from home until I left for college in Idaho. Cause I was kind of getting that itch to like you know, I want to move away. I want to go somewhere where I don't know anyone and just kind of like start fresh. But I also had no idea what hockey would look like. Like I thought kind of the same as you like, oh, this will be fun. But obviously it comes with a lot of, you know, challenging times, especially when you get settled somewhere, have like a really good group and then kind of have to uproot and move. So how many times have you guys actually like had to move around for his career? Um, I feel like you're like too many to count. Yeah. yeah, Well, it's kind of a padded stat because you have two moves by default every year, like coming to your off season destination and then going to your season destination. True. But if you really include, it's funny, it's all a blur 
at this point is so funny. We're coming up on six years of marriage. The number is like 16 times, I think oh my God. in six years. And I don't even know how that's possible because he's only been with like two NHL teams, but it's just been, it was a lot of moves the first while I will say, cause the day after the wedding, you, you're not going to get over the story. So the day after my wedding, I packed up three suitcases of my favorite things and I like left my parents home and Rocco's parents, we got married in North Dakota where I'm from and Rocco's parents like flew my bags with them to California where I was going to be moving. And we went on our honeymoon and I was like 22 years old. It was like the craziest possible way that you could like leave the nest. Like I cried (laughs) so much on my wedding day. I was so excited. (laughs) Yes, that was my first move. And then from there, it's been a lot and definitely more than I anticipated. And I'm actually really looking forward to wherever we're going to be moving next. I think it's going to be fun. And I don't know if you feel this way. Sometimes a move is hard and you're not ready for it. And other times a move is like exciting, at least for me. I love the idea of like a fresh start and new experiences. And so, yeah, sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes it's not, but you just got to roll with it. Yeah, for sure. I was actually having that this conversation with, um, Wendy Tippett. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but, um, she, we were talking about how, like, you do kind of get that itch to move. And like, even in the off season, like in Idaho, where we live and we're from and like, where I long to go like all year, because that is my comfort zone. I'm like such a homebody, but I'm like, at the end of the, the summertime, I'm like, all right, like, where are we going? Like, I'm ready to, you know, like go somewhere new and like meet new people and like get a change of scenery. Yeah. I think it's fun. And maybe it's the artist in me. If anything, I feel like I just like really, it's funny because you hate the hard things, right? Like anything in your life that is hard, it's like, you really repel it. Like, I just want to be comfortable and, and settled and everything. But at least for me as an artist, I feel like it's like the greatest blessing in disguise because when you move somewhere and you don't know anyone and no one knows you, you could like wear the craziest outfit. No one would even know who you are. Like it wouldn't matter. (laughs) And I feel that way with art, like I can meet new people and have new experiences and all of it changes me and inspires my music. And it's funny. I think God knows what we need. And all I ever, you know, always seem to ask God for is like, you know, to answer this prayer and to be comfortable. But so often I think there's a blessing to like living and, and struggling and finding that grit. And it's, yeah, that's probably one of the main things that we experience as hockey wives. Yeah. I love that so much. What what do you feel like it's like taught you about yourself? You know, it's funny. I think hard times, they bring out your flaws. And so you become more Mm self-aware of things that, that like you naturally would tend to struggle with. Um, And then it's like, at least for me, it's been a process. I've had several, I would call them like wilderness seasons, um, like some really hard times. I had a really hard time in 2018 And then this past year was also a hard time. Um, And I feel like at first you feel like everything's on fire and it's hard to see clearly and you just feel emotional. So maybe you feel sad or maybe you feel anxious or maybe feel both. And then um, it's hard for you to like, it's hard for you to kind of find yourself in those seasons because you're just like, you're trying to hold it together and and do this, this and this, but it's kind of like you're processing things and it's hard to like understand your own life, I guess is how I describe it. But then, and I, I feel like I'm kind of an expert at this because I've done this several times now. There always <laughs> comes this time. So now I've always got hope if I'm going through a hard time. I know that there's always going to come a time where I can like breathe again and I can see things more clearly 
And it doesn't mean that like, they're always okay or that everything got better, but at the very least, it's like, I understand myself better. I understand life better. I learn different things. Um, one thing I think that this has really kind of awakened this heart within me um, to not be selfish and to care about other people. Because I feel like I feel like for moms, a very refining experience is becoming a mother because it's like you can't really think about yourself as much. And you're just like, you literally have to serve them. And mm-hmm. I know that you would relate because you are a mom. I'm not mm-hmm. a mom. But like as a wife, when you're moving around with your husband and let's say you're a fresh college grad like myself, and instead of getting to pursue a career, you're moving with them and you're, you're being with them. I, at first, that was difficult. I think I've found a really healthy balance now of like pursuing my dreams and also, you know, being kind of like the domestic, you know, queen of the house and taking care of all that stuff. <laughs> but if anything, I think it's like the best thing I think I've learned from hockey is this balance of like taking care of yourself and figuring out what you need to do to keep your mind healthy and keep your heart healthy and everything. And then also just like thinking about yourself less and using this opportunity of like, well, I don't get to choose where I live. I don't even get to choose if I'm nearby my friends. I don't get to choose where I'm working, all these things. I feel like we don't get to have a lot of choices as hockey wives. Um, And it seems like from the outside, everyone else gets to make those choices, right? Like they get to apply for this job. They get to do this. And we don't get to do that. I think that's probably the hardest part of it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if I can't choose that, what I can do is take all these things that I learn and try and just be there for other people. And I feel like I've learned all these great lessons that have helped me be a better sister and a better friend and a better wife. And um, I guess you probably asked what's the best thing. So probably that less selfish and more empathetic, I guess, because you go through hard times and it just, it naturally just changes you. It gives you a bigger heart for other people. That was so perfectly put. Like, as you were saying that I was literally just smiling and I'm like, this is so your clip for your audio sneak peek that's going on Instagram. Cause that was just so beautifully said. And it's so true. Yeah. I feel like people really, I, I always air quote, like normal people, meaning like people that kind yeah. of live more of a normal life. They really have a lot more control over like their day to day and like, you know, what they get to do with their lives. Whereas a lot of us are kind of on this crazy ride, but I love what you said about just how it teaches you to not be self selfish. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that being in this position is a very selfless position to be in, you know? And I think there's a lot of judgment that comes from people outside of this hockey world thinking it's so easy for us girls. Um, but it's very challenging and it's very selfless to do everything that, that we all do. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've realized is that, um, it's for like your mental state. Um, there, there are a lot of us in positions in the hockey world where we're not able to work. I was the pageant queen in college. I was in all the college choirs. I was like getting my degree. I was teaching fitness classes. My entire life was just go, go, go like all the time. High school. I was like that college. I was like that. And then I got married and I like taught some fitness classes, but I really didn't have much going on. And I was very depressed for a good chunk of time. And it was very eye-opening. Um, and I don't, I don't think we need to like compare experiences. It's not like it's like, oh, you know, but I think it actually is harder not to work than it is to work. Um, just for a sense of confidence, a sense of like, 
fulfillment and also just for like your own happiness. I think sometimes when you're not working and you're alone and your guys on the road over half the time, probably, um, that can be really, really hard because mm-hmm. you just, you just feel sad. Yeah. It's yeah. It's totally true. Like you're kind of questioning yourself and wondering, well, what's my purpose? Like what inspires me? What fuels me? And also kind of struggling like with what you said of maybe not really being able to work. And also that kind of flip side that we talk about sometimes is when you aren't sure if you're going to stay in one location for an extended period of time, it gets very exhausting to, because I've done it when I've lived Mm -hmm. somewhere for a short period of time, not knowing how long you have to kind of lie, you know, to these people, to like the people that are hiring you to be like, yeah, I'm going to be here. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you're knowing I can't promise that because, (laughs) but if I don't, if I tell them I'm going to be here, I'm not going to get this job. Um, so it kind of gets exhausting having to do that. And, um, yeah, it's really hard. I don't know if you've ever like with the fitness, that's really awesome. I'm a yoga teacher too, actually. So I, that's nice. Yeah. It's nice to be able to like do that on the side. Cause that's something you can always do. Right. Um, and it's not so much what I like about that too, is you don't always have to commit to a long time. You know, you can sub classes. The whole career thing is definitely like a very sticky and touchy situation for a lot of girls. Yeah. I think that actually is probably the other best thing that I've learned. I've been doing this for six years now and I really did struggle with my confidence in my first two years because I feel like so much of my satisfaction in life without even realizing it came from being busy and being Mm -hmm. successful and doing X, Y, and Z. And you have all that taken away. And it really reveals like, what have I been leaning on for my sense of self-worth and purpose? And I think it, it is hard because just everyone else is like living these traditional lives where they have like, you know, a job and then they do things with their family on the weekends and they have Mm -hmm. just all sorts of traditional practices and they're traditional because they're great. And that's exactly what I was raised in. It was a very happy way to live. So I feel like so many of us, we had this traditional life where let's say we were in college and then we meet our hockey guy and then our whole life kind of changes. And, um, I think the past six years, one of the best things that I've learned is that let's say the first couple years I was sad and I was really struggling with that transition and I was cooking and I was cleaning and I was spending time with my husband, which should be very fulfilling and is important. But at the time it was, I kind of thought that my life was supposed to look differently and that that would bring me more fulfillment. Um, I, I do have more things going on now with music, which has been very fulfilling for me. But at the same time, I think I'm actually feeling more confident in my position simply as Rocco's wife. And I think that that is totally valid. And, um, and really valuable. Like I, I am married to someone that does something. It's a great, great job, you know, honest work. And hopefully he's able to inspire other people and make an impact through the game and just through, you know, who he is as a person. And I think to myself, even if I wasn't doing music, the fact that I'm cooking his meals and providing like a safe, clean home for him to come home to, and just spending quality time with him and helping his heart, because they also have so much pressure. I think that that is like one of the most high callings in my life. I'm very proud of that. I'm not going to diminish it and say, Oh, it's just, it's just doing the homework. Um, I think that the work of the home is really important, whether you're, you know, raising children or just, just preparing a home for your family. I think there's so much value in that. And I wish that people talked about that more. 
kind of going back to what you said about that time when you found yourself feeling just really depressed of going from that, like busy grind and just, you know, having something to that motivated you and kept you busy to really feeling like you weren't doing anything at all. Do you feel like that was something that was easy to communicate to your husband? Do you feel like he understood? Because I feel like sometimes with our guys, and I feel like I can speak for a lot of people. It's like, they've been playing this sport since they were so little, like two years old. Right. Yep. And then they move away and they go play junior hockey or that, you know, they're like living these lives for so long. And then it's like, they meet their mm-hmm. person, they get thrown into this. So many of us have lived a very like stable, normal life. And then it can be kind of shocking. And I think there's so much self-growth that occurs like from when you enter this world, yeah. you know, all the way to the end. And you're like, you're, you will never learn more about yourself. I feel like in this period of time in the hockey world, I truly believe that it teaches you to be so independent, but sometimes I feel like it can be kind of hard for the guys to understand because they haven't lived such a traditional life as many of us girls have. Yeah. I think this is true for any relationship. It is so funny. I don't know how long you've been with your guy. How many years? We've been together for eight years. Okay. Yeah. Sirocco and I have been together for almost 10. And at first, um, like you said, the same way that they don't always necessarily understand us. We have so much to learn about them. And I actually met Rocco at Olive Garden while I was working the night before I started <sighs> college and his mom was there. So I met his mom the same day oh, yeah, that I, I met that. him. I kind of that. funny. And then she came to visit. Um, we were friends for like two months and then we started dating. And then shortly after his parents came to visit and I just remember her sharing so much information with me. She's a talker, but in like a really endearing way. And she was giving me so much information and it was kind of like, and then he went on to go to world juniors the next month and he got like the gold medal. And, um, so like we, we only dated for a month before he left for world juniors. Then he was gone for a month. He was in New York and then he was in Russia. And then he got like MVP of the game and it was this whole thing. And he was trending on Twitter. And I remember like, crying and like being like, Oh my gosh, like, what have I signed up for? Like, I didn't realize that he was serious. Cause my parents are accountants. So like, why don't you get an accounting degree to be safe? Or I was, I was yeah. totally clueless. Like I really did not know all I watched was college hockey. And so, um, it's like, I think personally that the best marriages are the ones where you know each other really well and you take the time to understand each other, just like what you're saying. So I think at first it was me understanding him because my life's a little more standard. It's easier for him to understand the life of someone that was just raised in like a a small city, had just kind of a traditional life. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I had so much to understand about him because I think at first when you meet these hockey guys, they're kind of the center of the family universe because they've had to be in order to become that successful. Mm -hmm. Like everything has revolved around their sport. Um, And so when you come in on the scene, you realize like, oh, like Rocco was in college at the time. So he had class like eight to two. And then he was at the rink two to eight. And he had three peanut butter and jellies for lunch. He had eggs for breakfast. He had a rotation of what he had for dinner (laughs) and just, you know, and so he was like a robot and with a, with a wonderful heart, but you know, it's like a robotic type of life. And then I'm coming into the mix. He'd never had a girlfriend. I'd never had a boyfriend. So we also were figuring out what does our relationship look like? I quickly realized that it was not going to look like my older sister's relationship with her high school sweetheart 
or other people, because for starters, he did not have as much time to offer. Um, and there were just so many things I feel like at first that took a lot of effort. Um, our first yes. year of dating, I feel like I was just like immersed in this brand new world and it was exciting, but it was also like, this is kind of overwhelming. And then, so to actually answer your question, Rocco never really had to see my experience with that until we got married because then we were living together and he was seeing me on the day to day and I was completely entered in his world. Now, before he was in my world, we were in college together for two years in my hometown where all of my roots were. And then the next two years I was still at college while he was in his first two pro years. We'd see each other every four or five months, very minimally, but we always kept in touch and we were getting married right after I graduated. So we had that to look forward to. And then getting married, um, the most interesting thing I think I will tell you is that <laughs> it was his opportunity to see me in that situation and to see how hard it ended up being for me. And his first season, he got like 31 goals. Like he played really great. It was exciting, but it still was a, a challenging year because he wasn't in the NHL. Um, he played like a few games, but so that, that was trying and he just kept scoring and it was, it was hard in some ways. And, um, the first thing I noticed is that um, our husbands want us to be happy. And I think that it is hard for them to see us be unhappy because internally, I think they can't help but take some of the blame and think, you know, like this is probably my fault because it's my career and that's why she's having a hard time. Um, I've never put that on him. I always always told him, you know, like it's such an honor to be your wife. Like I'm so happy <laughs> to be doing this. It's an honor to serve you. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad had a bigger career. And so- I've always kind of had that natural model of the woman doing certain tasks. And so that was very natural for me. Um, but I think it has been, it's not like you want to raise your voice in a way that adds stress to them during the season or creates a burden. Um, but I do think it is important to communicate what you're experiencing because ultimately you're married. And if they don't yeah. know you and if they don't know what's going on in your heart, um, I don't think that that's healthy. Um, I will say my point person that I talked to is my mom during season, if things are going on that are hard for me, um, because I figure, and I'm sure you've thought about this too. If a season is hard for me, I bet it's hard for them too. Yeah. And it's kind of like an unspoken, like you just, you just know each other. So it's like, sometimes I think we, we need to have people that are not each other to talk to and to lean on for support. Because like, if you're having a hard time, it's better to not add your hard time onto them. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that there's a balance, there's a balance between communicating and being close and also using other people for support. Um, but I think that in general, he knows me so well now, and I know him so well now, um, that we're just, we're comfortable around each other and it's a safe marriage where we can express what we need to. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, it's important to be able to have people you can talk to, whether that's family. I feel like with friends, it's hard because they don't always get it outside of, you know, if they're not living it really. And so it's can be kind of confusing to explain, but even yeah. just, I've found that other women in the hockey community, like we all have so many similar experiences. And like, I feel like our yeah. partners are very similar too, and just the lifestyles and the struggles and stuff. So I have found a huge sense of peace by talking to other women being like, Oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Other people do feel this way and kind of finding humor in situations to trying to make light of 
things that, you know, maybe aren't so funny, but trying to, (laughs) trying to find the humor in it. But I also wanted to just mention too, um, I totally was relating to what you were saying. Like when you guys first started in the journey of feeling that overwhelm and just like, what am I, what have I gotten myself into? And I think maybe for those people that are listening that are kind of like maybe newer dating their significant other, um, you're not alone. If you're feeling that way, like Abby just said it, I agree with it. Like, I think it's really easy when you're in a new relationship, when, especially when you're with a hockey player to get yourself in that comparison zone, especially when you're seeing like your friends and relationships, like in college and stuff that don't have these really busy schedules and careers going on the road. And there's not as much time for really to focus on each other so much in a brand new relationship, which is usually what happens in a, again, air quote, normal (laughs) relationship. So yeah, yeah, I totally resonated with what you were saying with that. On the same hand though, too, because I don't want to scare people. Um, I recently met a hockey girlfriend this past season. That's kind of newer. And it's kind of like you're looking back at yourself, like six years ago, kind of mm-hmm. a situation. And um, it, it's it's good to help them feel understood. And I we had such like a nice little conversation, you know, I was kind of asking how she was doing and, you know, told her that I was always here. She needs someone to talk to um, because it's, I've never felt more alone in my life than in this experience for sure, just because it kind of wrecks you. Like you don't relate to people as much because yeah. you just have such like a different life situation. I feel that. But for that sure. being... Yeah. But that being said, I feel like it also too is really incredible. Um, I think it is so exciting. I I love hockey personally. Um, I love watching hockey. I grew up watching hockey. I remember when we started dating, I was like, this is either going to be so fun or this is going to like ruin hockey for me. So let's see where (laughs) it goes. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I like love hockey. I, when the season's going good, I know people like hockey with term be weird. I love being a hockey wife. I love it. Like I am not embarrassed to wear his Jersey. I think it's so fun. Um, I love hockey culture. I love like the fans, um, the fans in Nashville, the past, um, several years. Incredible. Yeah. I've heard Um, they're great there. Just so sweet. They, I, I can't think of another pocket of people that have loved me more and continue to love me. Like majority of my Facebook fans are Nashville fans. Oh, and so like, cool. it is so cool. Like you are far from home. My family's up in North Dakota. Um, I, I sit at those games alone most of the time because just the way like NHL seating works, every wife gets like two tickets and we're actually spread out throughout the section, at least with our team. Um, and then some teams have suites I know. So like, sometimes like if you don't bring a friend, you're actually just like sitting alone next to a bunch of random fans. And, um, that's happened like Rocco, let's say he got like a big playoff goal or he's had like a big game or whatever. Um, it is, it is so weird to experience those high moments of life without your parents and without yeah. like his parents. Like I'm literally the only person in the stands that knows him really knows him other than like teammates, of course, like I'm the only person that really knows him. And so just that moment alone is really special. But then all of a sudden, I don't know if this is just a natural thing, but like he would score and like hundreds of people from different directions, I can just see their eyes on me. And they're so like happy. And it's like kind of creepy because you're like, <laughs> oh, like they all know where I'm sitting. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. But at the same time, it's like, this is really cool. 
because there's always a little hint of loneliness that I feel, even if I know a bunch of girls in the team, it's still just like, it's lonely. And maybe the reason why I feel that way is because my first experience with Rocco playing hockey was in my hometown, 13,000 fans a night. And I knew probably at least hundred to 200 people in the crowd every night, like yeah. former teachers. I'd have at least 10 relatives at every single game of his. So to go from that, where you just feel so known and loved to, um, going to these pro arenas. Um, I don't know if this is normal for hockey wives, but I'm one of those people. Maybe I'm just such a people person. I like really appreciate the employees that I see every week. And I've, I've got friendships with them. Like Larry, Dave, and Steve from my section. Those are my boys. The Sonia, <laughs> like my door girl. Oh, I like, love Those are my that. buddies. That's yeah, awesome. People like that. I think that, that, that probably tells me that I am a little lonesome for home because I really, I really just like appreciate seeing people that become familiar faces. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for normalizing that too, because I feel like people don't really talk about how lonely they are. And like, if sometimes if someone says I'm lonely, like people feel like they need to fix it. You know what I mean? But it's like kind of like an internal feeling. And it's like that sense of just not being at home or not being with your support Mm -hmm. system. And, um, it's really hard. And I actually, I told you, I was listening to the podcast that you were on, but I really loved the comparison that you made about the hockey community kind of being like a revolving door and how you can meet someone for two weeks and be in touch with them forever. Or, you know, like sometimes you might not really vibe or click with the group either. And it's like, it's just kind of an always interesting situation. Has that experience been hard for you moving from team to team? Is it something that is, you know, natural for you to really like throw yourself into a new group whenever you are moving or what, what has that been like for you? Yeah, I think it's interesting every time and it's always different. Um, when we were in this first AHL team in San Antonio, his first year, I was like one of the only wives in the mix, but I was also young. Like I was 22 when I was a bride, (laughs) so like really young. Um, but I had some good friendships that year. Um, they were younger than me and no one had their families there. So they were more like free. Um, and then I feel like NHL teams, depending on the age and then depending on if they've been like an established team or not. Um, so like we came shortly after the predators went to the, um, Stanley cup final. So the team was like a really established team. We were kind of one of the only new faces. Um, and I also felt like I was actually younger than everyone. So that experience definitely didn't feel the same as like when I was freshly with a new like AHL team type of situation with girls that were more my age. Yeah. Um, And so my predator situation, they were so nice to me, but I also didn't feel like I was like the same age as most of them. Like a different life phase. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very hard to like connect sometimes when you're in two completely different phases of life too, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was, it was mostly... I felt like maybe like a younger sister, like I felt maybe three years younger than the average. Um, okay. But that being said, I, I think I'm kind of a funny person. I feel like I'm like a child at heart. Like I'm like very much just baby of the family, like goofy <laughs> little kid. Um, but I'm also kind of an old soul. So I've always felt really comfortable. I don't know. I'm just a people person. I love meeting different people. I think it's really fun to meet anyone in the hockey world. I've always really connected with like the Swedes. Like there were, there were some Swedish girls on our team the first few years we were in Nashville. Um, and just like, 
I don't know if it's because I've got that Scandinavian root. I'm like a Norwegian, <laughs> German, Swedish blend myself. But yeah, it's it's such a mixed bag. And I think the older you get, the more your expectation changes. I think before we got married, I was like, oh, like, you know, his career is going to be perfect. And I'm going to have like really close friends. And I'm just going to, you kind of think that the life you had before is going to be the life that you have, just mm-hmm. like optimistically. And then you realize like, oh, I guess it doesn't really like work like that, but that's okay. Um, And you know how you kind of said it's nice to normalize being lonely. I think it's totally cool to normalize like having a nice relationship with everyone on the team, but like you don't always hang out with everyone on the team. Mm -hmm. And maybe sometimes you don't even hang out with a lot of them. Like maybe you're not getting a lot of invites or maybe they all have kids and you don't. Um, I think that's totally cool. I think everyone gravitates towards who they're going to gravitate towards. And also like sometimes there's going to be a lot of turnover. So this team is a completely new group. So then these new people make friends and it's funny. It's like, I'm from North Dakota. So my high school was, my graduating class was like 270 people. I think there were two high schools in town. So it was small, but it wasn't like tiny, but even then it's kind of like, those are the people you have to choose from to be friends with. So maybe like if you were from a bigger city, you wouldn't be friends with that person um, but in this, in this situation, you have the opportunity to get to know someone that's maybe older than you or different than you. And just in that regard, I think it, it is really cool. I love that. I've had the chance to get kind of out of my box and meet different people. I think that's probably one of the biggest blessings of hockey. And I'm guessing you'd probably agree. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I, it, it's, it can be really heartbreaking too, when you make a really close friend. I mean, like I've played with a friend who we played together for one season and she was in my wedding and we still go are like in touch and she's coming to Nashville to my retreat. And like, we're just, it's one of those people that I just felt like I had like a soul connection to. And so that was really hard because yeah. like the next year, you know, they weren't there anymore. And it was like, no, I just made this like best friend and now it's so hard, but I've also been on the flip side where I just feel like, you know, everybody can get along and it can be great, but you don't always have to like be hanging out all the time or yeah. I mean, everything you're saying, I feel like is so perfectly said, like, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, just keep going, keep talking. Cause it's, it's <laughs> so true. And I seriously relate to everything you're saying. Uh, I feel like so much of life is expectation. And I think the older mm-hmm. I get, I'm 27 now. I turn 28 next week. It's kind of crazy. Um, Happy birthday. I feel like I'm, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm like 40 on the inside just because of the past six years of everything I've learned. Same. Like yeah, all these Plus experiences, COVID. they just like wash you clean. Thank God though. You know, like I think about who I was and I've always been a caring person. I've always, you know, tried my best to do the right things and stuff. But like, I have gotten to know how other people work and I've gotten to know how the world works through my own lens course. And just this thought, at least for me, of like expectation. What does expectation look like in a marriage or in a friendship or in like the wives group? Um, Because if you think about it, it is kind of unconventional that um, the wives of coworkers spend so much time together. That's a unique opportunity too. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that we all live somewhere away from our hometown. Um, So just all sorts of areas. I think career fulfillment. I've changed my expectation to now. I just, even if I don't have the satisfaction of like making a certain dollar amount or working a certain number of hours or or doing X, Y, and Z, I find great fulfillment in becoming better every day at my craft, putting up music I'm proud of, um, just growing in that area. And then with my friendships, let's say that the core of my friendship group is my older sister, 
and then one good friend from high school and one good friend from college. And let's just say that those are the three main people that really understand my hockey life to the point where I don't have to give them a bunch of context, which I'm sure you know how nice that is not to have yes. to explain. Um, let's say that every rom-com has the main character with like the one best friend, or maybe she's got the three best friends and they're all just the best group. I've never had that type of like, you know, four girl bestie group type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I've got, I've got quality. I yes. really do. And I have the opportunity to meet new people and they don't need to, they don't need to be this like perfect role. Um, and also if you're so fortunate, depending on where you're living and language and everything, you can make new friends outside of the hockey world too, which is, it. it is hard sometimes because they don't get the hockey thing. And so like, maybe they're not your friend for that purpose, but at least for me, I've made some really good friends in Nashville with music and just with other things. And that's cool too. I guess what I'm trying to say is that we come from a life of structure, right? Like we're in school, we have our, our church, our friends, whatever, our family, and then we move away. And it's like our whole life is a blank slate. And I think the best thing that I've probably figured out in the past six years is figuring out like, okay, what do I need on just a baseline level to in general, feel pretty content with my life. So that means like, you know, my exercise regimen, what I'm eating, because I think that health is a really important component of being happy. Um, you know, time with my husband kind of figuring out, you know, what are, what are the needs there? Um, same with friendships and then with other hobbies on the side, or let's say work, or let's say that like you're in Austria and you're not able to do a job, but maybe you're able to find fulfillment by having breaking nice podcast mm -hmm. or creating something for yourself. Um, just, just to give yourself a sense of like fulfillment and confidence. I think that's so important. And my uncle was actually just visiting us in Nashville and I told him, he was talking about how he's going to be retiring down the road. Um, and he's so busy. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, here's one of the best things that you can do is like, you know, maybe figure out ways to fill your time so that you're not depressed. So you're not just sitting around with all these thoughts in your head, like, uh, whatever. Um, but then also you want to figure out what gives you purpose. And I think if I were ever to write a book someday, which is kind of a dream, maybe, um, it would probably be something about like living your life with purpose and really figuring out how that is actually the key to your happiness. Because like, I can only do so many workouts without feeling empty inside, but my sister who's just had her third baby. And like, if I can be encouraging to her, like, let's say she's having a hard week with the kids. I realized I don't make a penny doing that. I don't get a plaque for that, but I encourage her and I'm connecting with another person. It's like, that's a light bulb moment. Yeah. Cause that's what life is all about. It's not about like what people see and how they perceive you and what they think about you or, you know, even really like what you think about yourself. It's just about like, how can I use what God has made me for in a fulfilling way? And I guess maybe that's, maybe that's the answer to what I do with hockey, because I can't control what's going on with my husband's career. If it's a good season, if it's a bad season, if we're about to move somewhere, if I'm unsure of what's going on, I can't place my happiness on that because I can't count on that. Things can change at the drop of a hat. And I can't always count on my happiness being from like girls on the team or even just friends. I can't always, you know, base it on other people. Um, we can't always base it on our looks because we're all going to age and maybe that'll change how we see ourselves. <laughs> um, like there's so many things that we just, we can't base, um, 
our peace and our happiness on. And so for me, my Christianity has always been really the cornerstone of my life um, because I know that at the very least, I know that God is in control and that he cares about me, he cares about all of us. And not only that, but he's made us not to be about ourselves. He wants us, of course, to like take care of ourselves and, you know, honor, honor our bodies and take care of ourselves. But he's really made us to love other people because God loves us. That's the biggest thing. He, he loves us. And we were made in his image. And so to me, I think the biggest answer, I guess, was like, what am I doing with my life as a hockey wife and all this and that? It's like, you know, I'm just going to pour out my life for other people until the day that I die. And I'm going to put out music that I think is going to help people. And I'm going to try and be really inclusive with the hockey wives and encouraging. And I'm going to be brave and put myself out there. And even if I'm lonely or even if I'm sad, I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep living and just keep doing this life thing and just try and keep growing because God's blessed me with an amazing opportunity to be with an incredible man and to move to all these different places and meet all these different people. And I just know that in each of us, God is, God is growing us and shaping us into this person that was, you know, what he wanted us, what he wanted us to be. I think when we tap into that, that's when we really find fulfillment. I've posted and talked about this a few times, but I have recently started using athletic greens every single morning on an empty stomach. And I honestly feel so much better throughout the day. I just feel more energized, more clear. I have less brain fog, which is really nice because I feel like sometimes, especially at the end of the day and towards that middle of the day slump, I start to get really just kind of grumpy. I can't really process my thoughts. And ever since I started using Athletic Greens, I just see such a switch in my energetic levels throughout the day. You're actually absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right when you use Athletic Greens. These ingredients support your gut health, your immune system, your energy, focus, and all the things. Athletic Greens is recommended by so many professional athletes, and it literally costs you $3 a day, which if you look at the overall big scheme of things, that's money well spent when it comes to your health. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash breaking the ice. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash breaking the ice to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I want to also talk about your career as an artist in Nashville. Can you just tell me a little bit of insight about how you started this passion and career journey? Yeah. So um, my dad loved music growing up. He played guitar and he never did like formal lessons. And so that was something that he was really passionate about my sister and I doing. So my sister and I started playing piano when we were young. And then I played violin. I sang, I danced, I was into acting. I did all the performancey type stuff. Um, and then I went to college for music. I have a music education degree, so I can actually teach K through 12 music. Um, I chose to do choral emphasis, but I was also a piano scholarship. So I was like pretty in deep. I think that's why rock one. I naturally <laughs> hit it off too, actually, is that my life was pretty like intense. 
Like it was really go-getter focused and just in a different way. Cause I'm not athletic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So music was just like, it was it for me. Um, I remember being in the seventh grade and I figured out clocks by ear. Um, and I discovered that you can like use the baseline and create these chord structures to like figure out any song. Um, and so then I just started playing like any song I wanted. It was really exciting for me. Um, and then in college, I was a worship leader and I thought that that was going to be my path. Um, but then I got married and I wasn't even able to really like lead worship at churches because we were just like moving around a lot. Um, but one thing that I always could do was work on vocals and write. And so I would spend like, let's say two hours a day doing vocals, two hours a day writing and I would work out, but I felt like a loser because it wasn't, you know, no one was seeing it. It was really frustrating for me. Um, and I had been so used to having all this, like I was in pageants in college, so like, Oh, look at my work. I can display it. It's fulfilling. Right, you know, right. Um, so you're getting kind of like that outside validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very performative. Um, and so I prayed for four or five years that God would put someone in my path to usher me into the music industry. And what I mean by that is like the commercial radio type music you hear um, where like there's all the electronic layers and, and different stuff. And I, I really wanted to do Christian pop music. But at the time I was like not doing any of that. And it was just really, really frustrating. And I felt so hidden. And I think that that was good actually because then you become way less about yourself and you're like, you know what, at this point, I don't even care if I'm seen. I just want to do it. I want to do it. Like I love music. And I've also had this message in my heart that I want to share. Um, when I was 15, I worked at a Bible camp and before that I did not sing. I had glasses from the age of two on. I was like (laughs) very out there, but I was also very hidden. Like I would hide my voice. I never sang for anyone. I always knew I had a nice voice, but I hid it. And then I worked at this Bible camp, started reading my Bible, um, kind of got out of my older sister's shadow that I always felt like I was in. And it was the first time in my life that I wasn't someone's little sister, but I was just Abby. And so I started writing. And also this message of like this Christian message was like my driving force. It was my why per se. And so um, fast forward to it because I was getting married. I was doing a lot of vocal work, a lot of writing, but I was frustrated because I kept like trying to make connections and I'd even go to meetings sometimes, but it was not the right people. Um, and then in 2020, I met the guy that was going to become my producer. His name is Jonathan. And he invited me to a write on music row. Um, and we wrote together and I can't even tell you the satisfaction. I was there for like four hours. Maybe that's the typical time for a write. And it was kind of the first time I felt like I had gone to work in like four years, you know, like I got to put an outfit on, and I got to do work for the thing that I love. It was like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And so he's just kind of ushered me in from there. Um, I've been doing a lot of vocal work, a lot of writing. And then specifically over the past year, I finally got to start releasing music in this Christian pop lane. So I've released four singles in the past year. Um, I just released my fourth one four weeks ago. And then I also play out as much as I can in Nashville. So there's like different bars and stuff that you'll play at. Um, Yeah. So it's been really fulfilling for me. It still feels like a small beginning in a lot of ways, but I've been doing this for two years now, kind of the formal writing, recording thing with my producer and just different people. And yeah, 
very fulfilling. I really love it. And I'm just, I'm really grateful and I'm very willing to do whatever God wants to do with it. Well, you should be really proud of yourself. I mean, like that's honestly just so inspiring that you're going out and performing at bars and just putting yourself out there. Like you said, that's that's truly amazing. And where can people find your music on iTunes, right? Yeah. And Spotify. It's just under Abby Grimaldi. And I'm on all the all the apps. I'm on TikTok too. That's the newest one. That's kind of a, a curveball for people my age, I think. Oh my gosh. Okay. Actually, that's funny that you said that because I stumbled across your TikTok like a long time ago and you have some really funny <laughs> um hockey reels on there too. Or hockey TikToks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have one that's like, it's to oops, I did it again, Britney Spears. Yes, that's the and one I, I saw. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was like, I bet that's the one you saw. It got a good amount of views. And it was like me pretending that my husband is leaving. So I shut the door, I waved goodbye. And it's like, oops, oops. And I was like, you know, watches the same movie seven nights in a row. Like, yes. Eats a salad for dinner every day. <laughs> that, like, it doesn't leave the house. Up, it showed up on my like main feed. And I'm like, what is this trying to say to me right now? <laughs> You're like, like, I feel, I feel targeted. targeted. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So at the same time, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for everyone that wants to reach out or follow you, where can they find you? Just Abby Grimaldi, 23, all the apps, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. There's so many apps nowadays. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I know. You're like, just, just Google me and everything will pop up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you for having me.